0: The Women's Fund for Scotland is Scotland's only dedicated fund for women and girls. I'm Susan Morrison and this is our podcast where we talk to inspiring women, improving the lives of those women and girls today. In this episode, we meet Sophia from Al Masar, a terrifyingly multi-talented young woman, but she's also one half of the two daft lassies.
1: Can you tell us just a little bit about the work that Al does? Sure. So Almasar is an Arabic name, which means path to progression. Um, so in Arabic, there's do- lots of different words that mean path. This particular word is, mean, means a progressive path. So it's very, very specific to what we want to do and what we hope to achieve. Um, and that is um, a progression in our society for where we're at, um, an improvement for the people who live in our communities. So that's why we chose the name Al Masar back in 2014. Um, it was to improve opportunities for particularly women and children who felt isolated or just stigmatized within their own communities and in the wider society. So the things that we did and hope to do is exclusive what I would call our football team. We used to call them a, a lovely bunch of misfits because they didn't really fit in mainstream but when they were with each other at the weekend for the football, they really got on and really understood each other. And within that group, we had um, migrant families, um, some born in Scotland, some born outside. We had people with disabilities, carers, um, the whole mix. And they just the got it because they didn't have to mask, they didn't have to code switch. They were with their own, like people who understood what life is like at school and and feeling not fitting in. Same with the women, we started our first We Steps, which then became the Parent Club. And that was for women as well to get support where they don't feel that they fit in. And so it was very much um, cultural based. For example, parenting questions, upskilling, just that peer support. And some of the women, again, born in Scotland, some of them outside of Scotland, some moved up from England. So we have a different uh, group, quite a very wide variety of, of women there. Some are carers as well. What we noticed recently during COVID was that a lot of the women are caring for older family members, but also have children, disabled children, and they're kind of stuck in the middle being carers. And, you know, they're not able to, um you know, work on themselves. And they're yeah. really intelligent women. What we found was a lot of women who came from Pakistan; they're actually super intelligent with degrees and you know ambitions. But when they came here, it's like they started back at zero, um, out of place. They don't know what they can do with themselves apart from child child in That's it, in their families, and then feeling isolated in the home. And what a waste of resource that is. Yes, a lot of the women are really, really intelligent. Just that they don't speak English, but that. That's not a test of intelligence. So. <laughs> oh, no, no. Although uh, you know it is in Glasgow. <laughs> Why was it set up?
0: You said it was two thousand fourteen. Yes. Yeah. So, what was there something that pushed you into it, or was it just a general feeling of we need to we need to help here?
1: Mainly, I had just come up from England. I worked. Uh, I'm a math teacher by profession. I had worked in London and I'd seen the community spaces there and and I wanted to bring the learning from from there back home again. I am from Falkirk and I had a child and I was returning to leave and after that I took a career break and I was bored. (laughs) If I don't have work to do I will make the work myself. And I first started started with an Islamic learning centre which was basically a primary based curriculum that I had started from scratch and vol- brought in volunteers, all the, the structures and all that and made all that up. Uh, and it was the first time it was kind of Volkart where we were offering lessons about Islamic studies to children in a very Western primary school type um, environment. That hit off and then we got a local imam in from England and he started doing these. So then my, my role became redundant. So we thought, right, okay, what do we do next? And I used to go to these mother and toddler groups, and so did my sister. And we found that actually we feel like we don't really have the confidence, even though we are born in Falkirk, to, well, I didn't have the confidence to speak to people because I just felt so out of place. And I didn't really relate or resonate with the conversations that we're having in these toddler groups. I got a lot of support with the breastfeeding. And I think that was my best experience was my third child breastfeeding him because I got that support. And then I realized that, how important it is for new mothers to get that support um, for for breastfeeding and particularly if you've got other children as well. That's really important but I couldn't fully take advantage of that because I didn't really feel like I fitted in and that's how we made the wee steps for for young mums to help each other and you have like experienced mothers peer supporting the younger mothers.
0: Ah that's nice. And so
1: I'm a great believer in peer support Mm. and so your tips, your hints, things that you would do culturally, things that we do over here in Scotland, and um, resources, getting to know um, what public sector um, services are available. You know, so we used to have weekly meetups. And that just found, it was our own little tunnel group, basically. And it was for people all over Falkirk that came along. I felt like growing up in Falkirk, I was never given an opportunity. My mum didn't get that opportunity to connect with somebody truly. Yeah. And we faced a lot of isolation, a lot of um, disadvantage growing up in a single parent family, um, in a in a poor single parent family, and I just wanted to do things opposite, completely opposite, which is why I became a teacher as well. I noticed
0: that you're a maths teacher. I should, have, you said maths, didn't you? Right, I'm, I'm, I'm a maths phobic. <laughs> the minute you said that. <laughs> I just thought, she said, oh, no, and we were getting on so well. (laughs) But the idea of you breaking down the isolation is absolutely crucial, isn't it? You you saw the issue and you moved in to do something about it. Did you find it quite difficult to make contacts and, and build up from there?
1: I found that the council and local support were wanting to work with us. So where it came from, the the outside of our community, I got a lot of support. A lot of people saying, yes, because we want to get into this community, we want to support you, but we don't get engagement. So from the outside, a lot of people gave um, us a lot of praise and really were excited about working with us. And within the community, there's a lot of hesitance. And that's a lot of community politics, building trust, the fact that. You know, I was born here, I've been here all my life, so everyone should know me, my family should have helped. But I, I was away for a good few years for studying and, and, and work and all that. And so I came back in and I was just rocking the boat here and, and, and doing things different and making myself very well known. And a lot of people don't like the boat being rocked today. Uh,
0: no, they don't.
1: <laughs> so a lot of the stuff I drive on is a lot of my own experiences with my own as a young mother, as a child in Falkirk. And I wanted my children to celebrate Eid in public, with their friends, with non-Muslims, and I wanted non-Muslims to understand that we're we're not the others, we're not scary. Uh, since 2015, there's a massive rise of Islamophobia in Falkirk. As a teacher in schools, I, I directly faced a lot of it. So that's why I I wanted to make um, an actual Eid celebration. So then came Eid in the Park, 2016, the first of its kind of all in Scotland even. Now you see that there's one in Edinburgh, Glasgow, Dundee. Yeah. But the first one was myself who it's you yeah I got a lot of other you know other community groups and came on board and it then became a Falk Muslim Forum thing and we 2016, 17, 18, 19 we did outdoor celebrations and it's been one of the most successful ones um, and Falk in fact the only cultural Eid celebration or, or just cultural celebration outdoors and everyone you know Folk folks who love it yeah, yeah, it's great. It's, it's different. It's it's a whole case of telling people, you know, sharing our culture, showing people, you know, you know, building community, co- community cohesion. as one of our principles. We want to build those bridges of our communities. Like for example, I worked with I did an initiative with Scotjet, the Scottish uh, Council Jewish Council. We did a paper cutting event with him and it was amazing. So there was this one Jewish and one Palestinian lady um, and they're showing us the art of paper cutting. And there was like a room full of women and children looking at these designs and, and it's, it goes like a lot of rich history.
0: Actually, that brings me to that because you applied to uh, the Women's Fund for Scotland and you got a gra- and it was for creative workshops.
1: Yes, yeah, so that was our initial, um, I actually have built a whole course around this, which is um, digital creation. Unfortunately the artist, you know, she's went on and did amazing thing. She's actually Forbes under thirty. She got an award and recognised as um, Forbes successful women under thirty. Unfortunately, we never got to do the creative workshop digital paint I mean, the digital art. What we did instead was sewing. Lovely. Which is always a, a hit with us as us, us women. And and the girls, the girls loved it. The girls were actually much more creative and more let's say more bold with their designs, let's say. Um, learned how to use industrial sewing machines uh, overlocking, which we've not done before, and the right tools. And our instructor Watandwa, who's Namibian, she's amazing, absolutely amazing at talking to the women. And we would discuss things like, I don't know, breast sizes and how to, you know, look at your own health and your own mental health. And we'd have all these discussions during these like sewing sessions. That's
0: really clever. So you're actually talking about bodies whilst making things.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, have, we all made our own bespoke jackets um, with our own designs and using, you know, the tools that she had and, and you know, sewing machines and all that. So the girls, we had a group of girls doing that, working with another fund, but we've got, we're going to do another group of them doing it with this fund. And then we had women doing that. There was women who used to do sewing like 10 years ago, but stopped doing it. And they yeah. came along and restarted. There was a woman who was a widow, new to Falkirk, and you've got other single women as well. And just having discussion about parenting life as a single person, as a single mother, and what it's like being a single parent. Uh-huh. even those kind of discussions were, were being had there over the, the sewing
0: because it's that clever very clever thing Sophia of um, sitting in a room and doing something and then that's when the conversations start almost like you're, you're not actually facing each other side by side women really respond to that you know see if you sit a woman down face to face how are you feeling you'll get the same oh I'm fine thanks and then they'll go away but see if you're doing something how are you getting on with whatever that's when the stories start coming out don't they yes yes we did hear lots
1: of stories
0: that's real that's clever and sneaky Sophia well done
1: (laughs) yeah it helps relax you and it's like not all pressures on you to go pour your heart out.
0: And that's so valuable. Speaking of sounding board, actually, um, not only have you been the recipient of a, of a grant from the Women's Fund for Scotland, I believe you actually helped them as well. You sat in the grant panel. Yes. And
1: what exactly does that involve? So we had to look at different applications and see how they fit the criteria well, how interesting the impact one of the things that I put forward out of the whole group was the equity aspect. Um, my suggestion was with those. Um, as all over Scotland, there's so many amazing projects from north to south. Some, uh, that I really resonated with. Some names that I recognize as well. But what was my sister? We tag team a lot, so she's as a colleague, amazing. Like I love working with my sister with these ideas, and she was a colleague. Racial, racial Equality Officer at Sempo, and now she's got a new job starting on Monday um, at the Focal Council for Equalities Officer. For us, equality is the main thing, the whole anti-racism approach to everything that we do. So when I was looking at these funding applications, I did notice that that element wasn't weaved in. So one thing I'd ask for is, you know, for every application, go back and ask these questions. How are you going to target people who don't speak English or who won't otherwise come out to engage?
0: But you seem to have almost perfected a way of drawing people out.
1: It's communication, speaking in their language, speaking in the one-to-ones. The, what we've noticed is the WhatsApp group is better than the social media online. A lot of people see our posts, but they will not engage in it because they don't want to be seen. But they will know what we're doing offline so there's a lot of things like we'll be thinking like why are posts not getting engagement why are people not liking and commenting on our social media our focus group are single parents carers um and isolated or domestic abuse survivors so that's like our focus and we make it very well known that these are the people we want to work with we want want to target and i realize that people won't leave a message online because they don't want to be seen because they are vulnerable
0: but that, that's the other brilliant thing is you, you created a Let's just take the sewing group, for example, with which is an activity that, that they can go to and say, I'm going to go to this. But what happens when they get there is that you're breaking down their isolation just by being part of the group, which I think is a brilliant policy. It's absolutely amazing and so rewarding. Yes. I'm also tremendously impressed by the fact that you say you can work with your sister. I know so many siblings who would quite happily Sew each other in a pillowcase and drown them.
1: <laughs> we are each other's best supporters and worst critics, and I think that's what works with us. You know, mentoring her; she's my younger sister. Mentoring and coaching her things that I know I can't do socially, but I'm behind the scenes person. um I struggle with the whole in front of people. Uh, that's where I will shy away, but I'll do everything behind the scenes whereas she's good with the, the people skills. So we would tag team each other, you know, come forward, come back, you know, we, we do really work on, and it took a long, a long time to get to that point where we are like complementary to each other. So we are very well known and full cut to be, in fact, when we first started um, Al Masar, we, we were called by our community uncles and aunties. We, um, one, one person particularly said that we are the two daft lassies.
0: Oh, I would buy that album. I would buy that what a nickname oh that is I was, so tell me something I mean I am, I'm always frightened to ask this uh, when I'm just looking at this list of achievement here but and now I realise that the other, the other daft lassie is part of it as well so what is what's the, what's the future for the two daft lassies
1: we want to take a step back from Al Masar and let other people who have the same passion to bring in their passions and drive what's needed to go forward you're such an inspirational character
0: and you need to you remember that it's been a joy to speak to one half of that amazing pop duo the two daft lassies (laughs) what a great nickname (laughs) thank you for joining us and listening to this story I hope you've been inspired and if you would like to support the Women's Fund for Scotland search for us online and listen out for our other podcast episodes